0: Uh, okay, good.
1: We're good. <laughs> what? What? All right. I may have forgotten to warn you that we were live while you were doing that. I don't know. We're
0: doing it live. Okay. You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with hosts Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 308 of Dots, of Lines, and Destinations. I'm Steven Seagraves, joined by uh, these two goofy guys, Seth Miller, Foz Mahmood. Foz wearing the TED shirt. You take a bow, Foz. We are all very impressed. I'm, I'm, I'm actually disappointed it's not a tulip.
2: I have one of those, too.
0: <laughs> you do? I need I need a tulip shirt. A have you considered it an eBay? No. I'll see if We're I have a spare. <laughs> um, yeah, how are you guys doing tonight? I mean. Crazy weather here. How, yeah, I said, you got your go bag packed. Yeah, everything's packed up. We're ready to go just in case uh, we're on like uh, an alert. We're just on an alert, yeah. so we'll we'll see what happens tonight. So where would you go? Uh, probably north because they could probably stop the fire at the interstate at this point because the interstate's not. There's a lot of concrete and they could probably stop it there. So
2: you know, you say that, but I in know. like the 2004 fires in San Diego, it jumped across uh, 15
0: near Miramar, which was like 16 lanes wide. Uh, no, that's not. You know, that's disheartening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh I don't know I really don't know. I mean like, I I feel like I feel like I would that or we could head east. Um I think. but if it makes it that far north we're all kind of because it's Aren't the fire's east. Uh we could go north and east, of so course. across the river and then out to Idaho. So go to walla walla? Uh we'd probably go further. <laughs> we keep going. <laughs> you got Rushmore. Yeah, there you go. I like it. <laughs> I don't feel uh, um, too far. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I think the big news today, guys, really for me, besides the fires, is uh, United's announcement this morning of what I would call random routes. Um, aspirational. Aspirational. Aspirational for them to fly or aspirational for <laughs> us to fly?
1: Well, that is more than <laughs> us. Uh, so here's a question. They announced seven new routes today or some of which are not actually new. They're just restoration of previous service. But okay. of the seven, which do you think will actually launch on time? Newark, Maui. Will or will not? Will. Okay. That's next um, summer. So that's the latest of the group. And Chicago,
2: um,
0: in Chicago, Chicago, Kona. Kona.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, right, would... that, that, that depends on the government of Hawaii basically dropping its quarantine restrictions. But
0: I mean, that's, 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 that's what blows my mind, right? It's like San Francisco. When
1: when do they have San Francisco, Bangalore slated for uh, Q or like February, March, whatever the seasonal starts.
2: I just don't see that happening. So the question is, what do they know that no one else does? Right. You don't make these decisions randomly. Don't you though?
1: Mm. They, they, yeah, you know, if you're Delta. There's, market, there's there's market <laughs> demand you, you can't we can't say it only about Delta anymore are all
0: doing it. <laughs> it's true.
2: Well, it's true. They, they are all doing it, but I mean newer Cape Town nobody thought would would do well and it actually did do well. Right? That was probably Not Well the, enough
0: to come back though.
2: Yes, it, it was on the schedule again. Well, not anymore. Well, that's... When this blows over, it'll come back,
1: right? But it was... Like, yeah, nobody, South, South Africa's not letting any international flights land. That might have something to do with it. Yeah,
2: yeah. It, but nobody thought it would last beyond the first... Including people in the airline industry that would last beyond the first season, yeah. right? The fact that, they, fact that they loaded it back for the next season spoke a lot, and it was full. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there are, clearly some of this is well-researched, and that yeah. I, are, I would argue that was probably the riskiest route that United has launched in a long yeah. time.
0: Right, so I would, let's just talk about that what's the seven routes seth let's, let's uh go around. In,
1: in roughly from what i can remember an order of them launching uh chicago to uh delhi which is a nice fu to air india yep they're awesome star alliance uh partner
2: and american American and used to to. That for a long time
1: they flew for a few years 15 years ago i went
2: I don't think it was 15 years ago. I think it was much more recent than that, but okay.
1: I don't remember exactly when they stopped it, but I know it started about 15 years ago because my mother-in-law took it to meet me and my, to meet me and and my wife, right after we got engaged and we've been married for 14 years. So um, it started 15 or 16 years ago and it didn't last all that long. Um, they, they definitely cut it um, a little while back, but anyway, uh, so the American isn't running it anymore and has not for a few years is what I'll say. So, but air India does. And so it's definitely a screw you there Again, depending on India opening up its borders. Uh, In uh, early spring, we're supposed to get the Johannesburg route from Newark. In late spring, we're supposed to get Dulles to Accra and Lagos, one of which is actually a GSA city pair now. So that has a little something to do with it. I think they got uh, Lagos, but not Accra. Hmm. Accra still with JetBlue, which means it's Emirates via Dubai. Um, Joburg stays on American for the city pair for the coming year, which starts in October. Um, so, so that's one two, That's the, all three of Africa. One in India. Um,
0: two in or, India. Or,
1: the second one. In, so then the next one in India is that uh, San Francisco Bangalore is supposed to start, and then the final two are the Hawaiian routes that uh, Hawaii routes that Foz mentioned earlier.
0: Newark, Newark, uh, Maui, and Chicago
1: Kona, Kona. Which is and Chicago Kona is bringing back ish an old route. There's a while they flew a triangle route: Chicago, Maui, Kona, Chicago, and then I think there's a while where they split it and did both. Yeah. non stops or just one of them is nonstop but so
0: i I think to me, so United had a kind of a cool uh marketing around all this, right They had a video that they put out on Instagram that was kind of like uh hinting guess it where we're going, like, yeah, yeah, I guess where we're going, uh and I watched it a few times, <laughs> and a lot of people were thinking that their finger was pointing to Bangkok on the phone, but I think really it was pointing to Bangalore, and I think people just couldn't read it because it was a tiny video um but okay. you know, I don't know it's just that, I don't know i, I like. San Francisco-Bangkok is a fascinating idea. People were convinced, it seemed like, that
1: United was going to fly San Francisco-Bangkok. How long have you been a member of Flyer Talk? <laughs> Too long. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say I've been a member for about 20 years now. Yeah, um, 19 plus, I think, if I had to double-check. I think I joined in late 20, uh, late 2000. Um, of that time, how many threads have been started in the United Forum discussing the need for service nonstop to Bangkok? A lot. <laughs> a lot.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm just gonna say this, this is this is not a new concept. There's been obsession with that route for so effing long. In well, Draft I wonder Dari. why. I wonder why. Like it's because it's there's cheap. a so it's a cheap it historically has been a very cheap uh vacation destination to jumping off point into Southeast Asia. Yeah. Um uh,
2: the United flight, uh, U- the American flight, stopped in 2012.
1: Okay, so eight years ago. Yeah. Ah, uh, thank you. Uh producer wait, services. Wait, is is Rolo there? Is he like behind you? No. Wait, he, I- passing, <laughs> notes, <laughs> passing notes, passing across the
0: table. Uh, His um, appearance with
1: me. <laughs> I like
0: it. I mean, uh, so so instead we get San Francisco Bangalore, which I think every all three of us can agree is going to be a money maker because you're kind of connecting two tech centers yep. uh, if the economy in San Francisco recovers um, and we can actually fly to India, uh, then yeah, I think it's so, it's going to be a moneymaker.
1: So here's my question for you. Um, what do you think of, right, San Francisco, the quote unquote, you know, the Bay Area demand, we always mostly think about San Francisco, but Alaska Airlines and American want to run that Seattle Bangalore flight. They announced it first and they sort of, it was actually supposed to start this fall and obviously they delayed it, but What if, you know, if you're in a startup or based further south in the Bay, would you be happier driving the less trafficked, more consistent and easier to get to small airport of San Jose, San Jose City, uh, in your honor, Stephen, uh, and then connecting in Seattle versus the pain of traffic and dealing with SFO to get on the United flight via nonstop?
2: After after a 16-hour flight, the last thing I want is another
1: flight. (laughs) Uh yeah, would rather spend two hours stuck in traffic. I would be perfectly okay with five. that. Yes, it's not, it's not the, it's five, the five. It's, it's one hundred one yeah. or two eighty. Okay,
2: but or I mean, the thing is, you get off the plane depending on what time it gets in, you might not even have traffic, right? You may yeah. you may not, but you you could stop. You can have you can eat a meal or something. Just sit on the ground for a little bit before rather than running to another and okay. having to do an international to domestic connection in Seattle no until fun. yeah until they get the customs facilities uh, squared away and all that. It's not going to be a fun experience, but the real question is, will American launch that route now?
1: They bet a huge operational expansion in Seattle and a pseudo hub ish international service on two routes. Right? Is that in London?
2: Right, but I bet you a lot of their route they were a lot of the traffic they were expecting was going to come out of the Bay Area, and right, we know which... that United controls the Bay Area.
0: Do you, Do you think it's the Bay Area though? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking Amazon, Microsoft. All these, there, there are tech companies, other places in the Bay area and yeah. Microsoft has a very large Bangalore operation as does Amazon, I believe.
2: Didn't they say that they were expecting less about half or less of it to be O and D? Yeah.
0: Like yeah. Something like that. But still, I mean, half, I mean, I, so I guess you are relying on the Bay area, but you could also get connections from say here in Portland where you've got Intel, you've got, you know, some of these other small software startups that are happening, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's definitely going to hurt them that United's starting San Francisco Bangalore. If United starts it, I think that's the other thing. Is is this really going to happen? Um,
2: but I, th- I think United will start it. The question is, the real variable is when. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but, and it, I, 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 I think that's think... very much a function of borders, right? Yeah, like and testing and whatever else the rules are.
2: But borders and demand, right? The borders could be open if people aren't ready to travel. It doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. Sorry, I'm having to drink a lot because like my smoke is like It's, it's okay. just messed up my sinuses.
1: Uh, so. The other, is, it, is it whiskey? Uh,
0: no, it's. I'm like, one drink is LaCroix. Oh, you're not, double fisting tonight. I'm not allowed to have soda, so this is like LaCroix that tastes like crappy cola. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: you know, LaCroix has a cult following. You might have just offended somebody.
0: <laughs> if I did, I'm sorry. I'm not really sure. No,
1: you're not. It's destinations or detonations, depending on how I've named our YouTube channel. We we tend to do that on a regular basis.
0: So I I want to talk about the other one. So Chicago, Chicago Delhi makes sense as well. I think from the perspective of a large Indian population uh, going up against Air India, who is not um, uh, necessarily a great operation at this point.
1: Uh, (laughs) That's putting it nicely. Still trying to sell.
0: You know, I think, I think for people in Chicago who need to go to Delhi are probably like, Oh, I could do this. I can fly United or I could fly Air India. I think they're going to go, United looks great. Yeah. I don't care that the flights delayed, it's not air indie. So you know. And it gives us another option from the from the West Coast. So to connect, right? Rather than Yeah.
1: yeah that's fair. I I I'm a i I'm fully support all of these things. I like the idea of more competition and more crazy things. Cody is from Alaska, which means it's like two in the afternoon there watching this, so you know, good on you, buddy. I hope Work doesn't mind that you're taking a break. Um <laughs> But you know, like the Anchorage Hub thing isn't gonna happen, dude. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we talk about west coast connections and different ways to get to asia
0: yeah and i wonder too like I, I, the africa routes are interesting to me i know you said one is gsa um but the but other they're
1: not th- but they're launching the route until the spring and they've got the gsa city pair now which means they can just put you on a connection presumably yeah. lufthansa yeah. um with the jv i guess brussels is also and you part said of the it's o-
0: is, you said it's Accra is the city
1: I think Lagos is the JV and Accra oh, is not.
0: Okay. Um, the, re- the The reason I was asking is because, yeah, I would say Accra is probably easier to connect you on Brussels Airlines than yeah. Lufthansa, but um yeah Lagos I yeah I think Lagos is uh, it's either or um, yeah. It's i mean Lagos is interesting because they had Houston Lagos
1: there for a while, right? Right. So that's, uh, that's another market sort of returning, but they're going out of DC now. But yeah. it
0: was
2: but it was a seven seven two for most of it, right? Well, they, they that's why because it. the
1: seven eighty sevens didn't show up and then were grounded. Right. But I think that was partly not, because
2: that was partial. I think that's part of why that wasn't so successful.
1: Mm. Yeah, financially, sure. But now they clearly have seven eighty sevens available to run it. They could have gone back to Houston, but they're I assume presumably are betting that it's going to be more government and VFR traffic than uh, oil traffic.
0: Yeah. Well and it's it's, I mean, is Ethiopian still, I mean, when, whenever COVID's over, is Ethiopian still flying um, Lome from Houston, or have they given up on that? I think so. I mean,
2: they're, they're, some of their flights are back. The Newark flights are all back.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, oh cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I mean, that's a lot of coverage to Africa. We're getting a lot to Africa, which I think is it's good. Um, it's nice to have.
2: But historically, it's been very underserved, right, mm-hmm. when you consider the side population. Yep. The sure. Newark-Joburg is interesting.
0: What, what, what do you think of that? Are you going to be on this? I, I have a feeling this is going to be like, if you haven't flown yet, this will be the reason you fly. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I did start looking to see if they were for sale yet, but no. <laughs> <Fair> um, <not.
2: laughs> the, the problem, like, here's the thing. I'll book it, right? It'll cancel. Like,
0: this is, <laughs> this is
2: what happens now. I had a trip to Singapore in October, and October is just around the corner, and just last week, everything canceled. Yeah. Oh,
0: so why do, you, why do you think it's special?
2: What's your, what's your gut on it? I think it's just uh, Dulles and JFK Johannesburg are going to be gone because South Africa is not going to be able to fly to the States anyway, if they survive at all. There are so, many planes
1: that will do it.
2: Have they returned to all the 350s? I believe so. So it's a, it, I think it's just really grabbing that market, knowing that it's going to become available. Hmm. And And Delta has basically said they're going to do a triangle route. So it makes, you know, depending on if you're going to connect from somewhere on the way home, do you want to do two connections or one?
0: Is is Delta's going to be on a 350? Is, I'm yes. guessing that's what they're doing. And so then are they on the triangle route? Are they coming back via Atlanta? Is that is that what I
1: remember? Well, it's or...
2: Atlanta, Joburg, Cape Town. Gotcha. Atlanta, gotcha. The they, they
1: 350 do. range on the 900 is a smidgen short to make the return a viable option, whereas the 787-9 has a bit more range with the hot and high out of Joburg. Yeah. Which is mostly just high, not hot, but whatever.
0: Yeah, so I mean, United's got a slight advantage here because they have the New York market to Joburg, right? Which is a, which will be a large market. Um, Delta's having to connect everybody through Atlanta. Uh, you know, I, I I see it both ways. I think I think it's great for them. I think it's great for United. It's an opportunity. Uh, I think South Africans kicking themselves. It's it's gotta be it's gotta be hard for them. Sure, they are. But if
1: you're <laughs> wait, wait kicking themselves for they being for had being money in like the entire time I've known about the airline. <laughs>
2: You have more money in your sock drawer than South African has had in your lifetime.
1: <laughs> Seriously, though, like the the company right now needs to find four hundred fifty million dollars to pay off, like just the bridge loans in case they want to get recapitalized. There's and the government's not ready to pay it yet. I mean, they will eventually, I assume, but there, there's no money. They don't have any money. They don't have any planes. Certainly not long haul. It yeah, no,
0: <laughs> bad. So so Delta's. I mean, Delta and United are really all. The t- I mean, could American go after this market?
2: They've got seven, eight, nines, but American, I mean, Bangalore, they could do Philly or Charlotte.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. If if
1: Delta can connect everybody over Atlanta, why can't they connect everybody over Charlotte?
2: Yeah. But the question I would pose is Delta actually going to launch that route as is now.
1: I believe Delta will resume it as quickly as it can, just like United will launch as quickly as it can. I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any difference really.
2: But from a business perspective, if you're coming home from Joburg, do you really want an extra stop?
1: I think depending if have, on
2: if you're not going to Atlanta I you, you have to connect somewhere else. Do you want to do the double connection or do you want a single?
1: I think it depends on where in the where in the US or you know, in the Americas you're going. Um but I think there's enough there will be enough demand still to keep that flying. I mean we'll see. Right? Who the hell knows, right? We're only gonna have like sixty percent of demand next year anyways if we're lucky. So
2: yeah, but a connection generally adds like two to three hours to your flight, right? Your overall trip, so if you're coming home on a, yeah. um, personally, I would say I'm not doing the double connection.
1: Mm. Yeah, but you're gonna get off in, I and mean, you're gonna get out in Newark anyways. But like,
2: what if I'm going somewhere else?
1: Yeah, that's my point. Well, part of that though is, you know, Atlanta has recovered as a connecting hub much more quickly than Newark has. If you're going to Shreveport, I don't know, pick some, you know, somewhere where Atlanta is not a bad connecting place. Um, Oklahoma City, Atlanta's not a bad connecting place to get there, and I'm guessing they have more flights daily than Newark does. But you might you know, get home faster even with the stopover in with the quick maybe, stop in Cape Town. Is all I'm saying,
2: but this route probably won't start until the connecting traffic is back to somewhat normal.
1: Again, we're we're only expecting 60-ish percent next year, right? And maybe seventy. Like, what what level are we going to have? And which and where this cut's going to be? A lot of it's going to be international, but there's going to domestic. Right now is what's supporting the market or supporting the airlines because there is no international service. But at some point, international has to come back, or the the total volume of traffic just never really recovers. So.
2: But I go back to what is United seeing that no one else is? This is a bold move they've made
1: today. Announcing yeah. all these routes. Well, is it? But like this goes back to my, like, are they actually going to fly them thing? they yeah. keep All the airlines keep announcing routes for October, for November, for December, for January, and then they just drop them when there's, whether there's no demand or borders are closed or whatever. So, right, how many times have we seen the press release? We're adding back service, blah, blah, blah. And then
2: but it never service, really happens. That's service resumption, not new routes. I... Right. To, to respect build a new route,
1: it, I respect that technically those are different things, but at the same time, it's, we're going to start putting planes between two places again.
2: That's fair. But to build a new route, you need to start le- doing all the work of laying out the infrastructure at your new destination,
1: right? How I mean, many of these route resumptions, especially international, are not contract ground services anyway, so That is what all these new ones are going to be.
2: But you still have to negotiate the, uh, the contracts. You yeah. have to negotiate. You, there's a lot more. Like You can't just say, oh, I want my gate from 10 years ago back.
0: Well, and, and marketing and all that stuff that goes into it, right? Because you've got to okay. start selling it out. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, there is some bold move. But at the same time, I feel like United could always say, well, we're not starting it yet. We're starting it in another three months. Or we're not starting it for another month or whatever they need to do um, to make but it why, work.
2: Why would you go through all that effort not knowing when you're really going to launch it? Well, what would they know? Are they part of like uh, the, the, you know, I don't know. some. Yeah,
0: no, no. <laughs> they they might be seeing insights in their own data is what I'm saying.
2: They might be seeing some patterns that they're extrapolating that the other airlines aren't seeing.
0: Number of searches for San Francisco Bangalore over yeah. the past
2: six months. I mean, there's no secret from a technology perspective, they're ahead of everyone else. And true. And anything you do on their website, they know. True, very true.
1: So – and they no longer have to wait till the next day to get the exception reports that suddenly 3,000 people were searching for Seattle to <laughs> Tokyo on B-fairs, right?
2: Uh, details, details.
1: For those of you who don't remember, that was a uh, $660 B-fair class on, was it, it was Continental at the time, right? Continental. Yeah. Uh, Seattle to Tokyo, I want to say it was probably 2007, 2008, maybe 2010-ish. I don't know, it was a while ago. Uh, I could go look it up. I did I did one of those. Uh and it was a B-fair, and it was only 15,000 points to upgrade, and the upgrade inventory was wide open. It was a glorious way to get a cheap business class ticket to Tokyo.
2: Backtracking via <laughs> to Houston.
1: Yeah, and backtracking via Houston. You could choose. You could fly the Northwest Partnership nonstop or backtrack via Houston. I still remember being torn. Do I want the more miles or do I want the new line? And do I need to requalify for elite status, or should I get this nonstop and get the new line? And uh, I, I actually chose the more miles. Um, there was a second mistake fare that it overlapped with on Baltimore to Seattle. And so at one point, I was holding two different bookings on the same flight. That broke a lot of the United system or continental systems. Uh, they were not happy with me. <laughs> then I got a uh, weather waiver on the second one on the Baltimore ticket and managed to reroute it for my ticket home from Seattle in the end. So I
0: win. <laughs> uh, I like Kyle's comment, uh, LaCroix, Cola, tastes like, uh, taste like static. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Tastes like, taste like static. Um, <laughs> um, so I think that covers the route. Let's, let's jump over and let's just talk about basic economy. Uh, American is saying that 85% or something like that of uh, their tickets are basic economy. Is that? This summer. They, they sold the a sum- ton of basic economy this summer. So what's happening? Like, well, I mean, I know it's cheap, but regular tickets are cheap. Like not even basic economy tickets
1: are cheap. Just like. Yeah, a, there's a, buyer, a
2: difference. but so you're buying four or five tickets, $10, $20 adds up.
1: Yeah. Right. So it's mostly leisure travel. Um, also, the main, I would say as an educated consumer, my main problem with basic economy is it's a bit of a use it or lose it. Yeah, and right now that's waived because all the airlines are still allowing changes on them. Um, as a possibly less educated consumer, I'm thinking I don't know if I'm going to be able to take this flight or not because who the heck knows if Grandma's going to want to see me? Who knows if the airports are going to be open? Yada yada yada. I don't want to. I want to invest the absolute minimum amount of money as possible
0: because mm-hmm.
1: I might have to throw it away. Yep. Or suspended into a voucher that who the heck knows when I'm going to get to use, yep. right? Like, okay, great. I get to use this at some point in the next couple of years, if I'm able to fly again, right? I don't know if I'm gonna have a job, all those things. Like I, I can see a lot of reasons. And it's also like, you know, I think one of the other statistics that came out is something, the percentage of passengers that had need, that don't have a frequent flyer account is up significantly <laughs> when, when flying, right? It's, it really is, displacement of the usual traffic patterns. And so, uh yeah, people are happy to pick basic economy. And it's being attributed, a lot of it's like, oh, well, you know, millennials or zennials or whichever group you want to apply it to, pick a demographic, they just don't care about these things. So they'll always just buy the cheapest ticket because they get there. And I think it's way more nuanced than that. But what does the ancillary
0: revenue look like?
1: Right um now, that Flat has that grown as well? I haven't seen any reports on that, really. I don't know. I, I would be...
0: I mean, I kind of agree with you, Seth. I think like seeing having people like, oh, I have this thirty-five dollar ticket to see grandma. Um, if the flight cancels, I'm only out thirty-five yeah. bucks. Or if it's a family of four, I'm only out one hundred and fifty bucks, or whatever. Um, whereas someone who's it's not COVID. And they want to go see grandma. They're going to buy a slightly more expensive ticket, possibly, um, that they can refund or change or have you know, some seat selection or whatever it is they want. Yeah. Um, I, could, I could see that uh, totally. as a, as oh, a reason.
1: And we also remember basic economy was an excuse to raise fares. And yeah. it mostly worked by, because as soon as they announced it, uh, all of the managed travel uh, customers and businesses immediately blocked it from their saleable inventory so that their pat their you know employees never accidentally bought this un- absolutely a non-refundable unchangeable ticket um, you know the fact that ba- that change fees now basically don't exist and we're going to talk a little bit about United changing them changing their change fee waiver in a sec here uh, from the comments but you know it that changes that equation a little bit but the reality is since they all kept basic economy in the you still can't really change it uh, category It yeah. you know there are no business travelers. And if there are yeah. no business travelers, then, you know, the share of people traveling who are buying the basic economy ticket goes up, not because necessarily more of them are buying, but it used to be that, you know, it was 20% of passengers were buying basic economy. Now we only have a third of the total number of people on the plane, but it's the same people that were still buying basic economy. It just happens to be that 20% became, you know, 60 or 70% of the population real quickly because there's no one else.
0: I wonder, I wonder what they've done. Like as far as uh, managing that uh, amount of, um, Seats available in that basic economy bucket, you know, yeah. like the re- what is revenue management done uh, to handle that? Because if they've seen such a jump, right, it's got to impact how revenue management handles, uh, you know, allotting seats to whatever the lowest, you know. Do what you, do, think,
2: you f- do you think they're really controlling that right now, rather than trying to sell every seat they can?
0: Oh no, I, I think it's probably just everything's just wide open. Yeah,
2: yes. I, think, I think at this point everything's open except the upgrade buckets. <laughs>
0: You're, I mean, your is a
2: little bit right there. I'm serious. <laughs> you look at any flight right now, upgrades are still hard, but
1: everything else is nines. Well, you'll, cl- you'll clear. It'll just be at the gate. I, right. The airlines have said a little bit, they're trying to control that because they don't want, they want to be able to have a better idea of who's actually going to show up at the gate. Mm, yeah. Um,
2: but this, in some cases they're leaving money on the table, right? If someone wants to book a flight and I can't, like if I, I have to go to California next week, if I, I couldn't confirm an upgrade, I was going I went a different day or I picked a different airline. Who's
1: did you fly JetBlue?
2: Please tell me about bought Mint. I did not buy Mint because they wanted $1,200 more than United did.
1: Okay, it's not worth that, definitely. No.
0: I, was hoping to get, I, I was hoping to get a real uh, Foz review of, of Mint.
2: I'll do it. I he'll go to, the, points he'll points. go
0: to the dark side.
2: We'll see, <laughs> as long as they're flying out of Newark. I'm not schlepping to JFK.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, talking about the change fees a little bit, though, uh, Tony points out, and I actually hadn't heard this yet, United has uh, extended its no-change fees on normal fares rule uh to Canada and Mexico.
2: Really? And the that's, Caribbean.
1: And the Caribbean. Uh that's what it says here. Uh and we'll trust. We can trust that, right? Um it's a comment on the internet. It must be true.
2: I was gonna say it's <laughs> on the internet. It has to be true.
1: Uh this vaguely matches American. And I guess uh, Alaska also, but Alaska just did it. Alaska actually, when they presented I don't remember if we talked about this before, presented it very strangely as like, it's on these flights and these flights and these flights. And you're be like, so all of your own network? Yeah, which flights is it not on? <laughs> yes, y- your flights that land in the Pacific are not included? I, I don't understand.
2: <laughs> and Alaska is um, always very generous from a change fee perspective.
1: It was relatively low and top tier got it waived.
2: Yeah, it was 50 bucks. Yeah.
1: So um, it's, I-, I think it's interesting. I mean, obviously Delta has, you know, talking about the Delta... Uh, era Mexico JV uh, situation. And a little earlier, we did a a bit of special content for our patrons and talked about uh, those joint ventures of same person asking it. So gosh, what a surprise Uh, (laughs) talking about that a little bit um, and sort of how all of those are impacted with uh, this shift uh, or with the bankruptcies or all this, uh, the lack of demand. I do, I do wonder, um, you know, I don't know that the change fee situation necessarily has a huge impact on that. Uh, I guess you could argue that if they're both selling the same fare, and one of them gives me free change fees and the other one doesn't. I'll buy with the one that does. And that might shift a little bit of the rev share, but I don't think it really matters. Mm. But are change um, fees
2: part of revenue share?
1: I don't, I don't know. I would guess not.
2: Yeah. I don't think they are because they're not part of the fair,
1: but it's actually, an
2: administration fee.
1: It's an administrative, but it, cause it's also not really an ancillary. Right. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a weird no man's land. There's, uh, I was having this conversation yesterday with someone else. Uh, about that and how it's uh it's not quite an ancillary while you know like seat upgrades and other things are and bag fees are so
2: yeah but all those fees they're are- all
1: excluded usually right? Well,
2: I don't know because ba- like why would they be if you're buying a seat upgrade fee on a partner carrier or a bag fee right so it's on the partner's metal that's gonna have to carry it
1: so you think that should be included
2: yeah I would imagine ancillary is shared but I don't think the change fee because the change that's- fee is from the ticketing carrier as an administrative fee just to reissue the ticket
1: okay I have no
0: idea. I'm just taking an educated guess.
1: Well, along should, the, I, should I fight with you about it just to keep the
0: tradition alive? I
2: don't know. No, <laughs> we'll, we'll fight on something else.
0: So, but along the same lines, though, Virgin Atlantic uh, no longer uh, Australia. Virgin Australia, sorry, no longer flies to the United States, um, and so that JV is kind of out the window, right? I mean, the, the, you know, we're we're getting some weird stuff now with JVs and obligations between carriers. Uh What do you think about this
1: <laughs> the virgin Australia thing you can only have i mean not you can't but you generally only have a joint venture when you 're sharing operational costs of the metal flying back and forth yeah. so um never mind that there 's not nearly enough demand to justify all of those triple sevens going between uh you know Los- Southern California and Australia, but Delta and virgin Australia had basically had to agree that they 'll keep the code share but drop the j v until uh they can until Virgin Australia starts flying Transpac again.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, and will Delta Delta flew L.A. Sydney, right? Yep. yep. Um, are they switching that over to a A350? Yep. Or
2: yeah, yeah, they have they have nothing else on the flight.
0: Yeah, I was just wondering because, like, oh, or they just drop it or rely on Virgin Australia. Oh. Well, can't rely on Virgin Australia yet.
1: I don't
2: think that they're they retiring would be them.
1: To. They're retiring yeah. the planes. They a, they're going to all 737s, and they're slashing a third of that fleet. Um, we're going to have, like, 55 737s by the end of the year-ish, and they're not planning on having long-haul planes until some indeterminate point in the future when they start buying 787s. Well,
2: wow, I, mean, I didn't just, realize that. Yeah. Stephen does like hopping through the Pacific on 737s. So we could do San Francisco or L.A. to Honolulu, Honolulu to Tahiti, Tahiti.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, say Guam.
1: You can get all the way to Guam and then, you know, from Guam down to Cannes and you would yeah. get that last flight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tony also brings up the fact that United still isn't waiving change fees to Canada.
1: Yeah. I did mention, I said Canada originally. Sorry about that.
0: Um, and which, I mean, I think that's also kind of crazy, right? Like you can't go to Canada. Uh, right now. So
1: these rules are really don't matter until at least next year. Anyways, because everything is waived right now for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: like, but I'm saying even for next year, we don't know what it's going to look like, what the situation is going to look like in Canada, but but
2: that'll keep extending, right? If the situation is like that, that that, it'll, that'll extend before beyond December 31st. I mean, we've seen this from March. It's been 30 days at a time.
0: So then what's the motivation then to not allow the change fees to Canada?
1: It's either tied to the partnership with Air Canada, as suggested, or there's delusional a lot, idiocy.
2: I mean, there's a lot less lift into Canada, yeah, right. And it's more business,
0: and the business people will pay. Or maybe they just like they don't like you. So there's some there's some really really sexy fares out of Canada to Asia. I wonder if that's part of it, but they're all on Air Canada metal. <laughs> I mean, I suspect
2: it has more to do with. Um, like long haul internet and long haul international, they're not waving, right? So I suspect that has more to do with where they have fewer capacity, less capacity, mm-hmm. so they can do a better job to manage it. Gotcha. Right, they have a bunch of rats into Canada, but it's not
0: hourly. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, um, cool. what else do we have here? Oh, so I posted this, this story. There's a there's a story on a, a, a blog called Your Mileage May Vary about Brandenburg Airport. Uh, which, I mean, we've never talked about that on this show.
1: Um, uh, Berlin, for those of you who haven't figured that one out.
0: So the new airport, there's already pilots complaining or pilot group complaining that the new departure um on route on one of the runways is uh it's going to be a vomit-inducing turn because they're going to have to turn at about 600 feet and make a make a hard left or right. I believe it's it's right. It's a, um, hard right, seventy seventy
2: five degrees. Uh, and That's so I'm
0: hard, right? Jeebus.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Are,
1: aren't there the same runways at Schoenfeld though?
2: No. They got, seven. No. seven uh, so the Northern runway is Schoenfeld. The Southern runway is a new runway being added for
1: okay. Brandenburg. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, but what's, what's hilarious. I mean, even a 70, I mean, yes. Yeah, 70 degrees is a, is a big turn.
1: Like, but I always like, thought the departure of Newark with the little zigzag to, for noise abatement was a little, was fun. But what about way like, more than-
0: what about Laguardia? Which think Laguardia? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, the one
1: it's going. Even some of the JFKs are like you can make a sharp yeah. U-turn if you're on like yeah. the...
2: JFK. You make a turn. Laguardia, you generally just go straight out and make a gradual turn, depending on which way you're taking off.
0: Well, I'm thinking about the one where you take off to the east. Oh uh, yeah, if you take off on
2: thirteen, yeah, you make a hard right. You got to yeah, because you have to get out of the JFK traffic.
0: Yes. Uh, and that one is a hard right. So, um, I, and I've never vomited. But this but I don't, th- I don't know if that's 70 degrees, but this
2: one they're saying is because of noise abatement, right? The, the
0: LaGuardia one is because of traffic. They built the, air, the The airport is in the middle of nowhere. What are they talking about? Allegedly, there might be cows
1: that are very sensitive, Stephen.
2: <laughs> Allegedly, the area to the east of the airport is heavily populated.
0: Look at the look at a map. There's I believe an I, you. There's an IKEA. It's like Portland. There's an IKEA right under the flight path. Well, that could be heavily populated. There's, there's, there's a lot of hipsters in Berlin. That could be very popular. <laughs> they want they want their their shopping at IKEA. To be quiet. Uh, to, to be quiet. Hendrik Hendrik is here from Berlin. Uh, I'm interested to see what he says about this. I'm sure he's he's yelling at us probably. <laughs> uh, you morons. <laughs> um anyway so yeah they, they're saying this is a vomit inducing turn and um you know they, they they shouldn't be doing this and so i think they've actually taken it to uh, a court and the court the higher administrative court of berlin Brandenburg, has already ruled against their complaints
1: so, so this is a whole lot of making hay out of something that's not going to actually change
0: yeah pretty pretty much so i guess
1: how many appeals are they allowed
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. And how long can they delay the uh, the airport with their with their? Well,
1: I have to assume and, and uh, Hendrik has now chimed in, confirming that it is the southern runway and the Hoffman Curve, um, which is what they're dubbing this turn. Which I, I assume there's someone named Hoffman involved in planning the runways or something. Uh, but I, I I gotta wonder uh, how much do they need that extra runway initially, especially these days. Uh, but right like if it's you know, in theory, that you know they're going to move the Berlin oper- the Tagel operations over, but there's not even that many of those, or weren't that many of those. So, like, how long until they actually need to add the second runway, and they could just run on one for a little while? I suppose. Wait a minute.
2: Well, the easy solution to this would be use the southern runway for landings and use the northern runway for departures.
1: I'm sure <laughs> there's a reason we can't do that. I mean,
0: really, they're parallel runways. Well, I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find. Uh we know the northern runway can already do departures. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly.
1: Quite recently, in fact.
0: Exactly. <laughs> With no vomit-inducing turn. So, Hendrik, I mean, I, you know, you're on the, you're, you're on the stream. Uh, I'm looking at a map. It, literally, the departure would be straight over uh, a, a, an IKEA, and.
1: <laughs> and I thought you were just making that up. <laughs>
0: And uh, a place called Einfach Gutparken, which I'm guessing is a parking a parking lot, a parking lot. Um, and then a in, little in,
1: village. Is that in street good park? Is my German that vaguely that good? Einfach good park. Einfach. Ah, Einfach. Fach. Okay.
0: Uh, but it's. Uh, it's, it's going over the village of Waltersdorf. And I'm guessing a bunch of people in Waltersdorf got together and said, do we know a pilot? We don't want these planes over the village. And, you know, that's probably what happened. I just have a, probably I have exactly a feeling. Probably what happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they sound...
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Hendrick has chimed in that it is, in fact, not going to be the default departure anyway. So we got some, some confirmation on that. Um, and we've got a, and someone else saying that it's easy parking is my terrible translation. I mean,
2: the one good, valid argument that the pilots did make is making a turn like that at 600 meters, there's a lot going on that low to the ground, and it's an additional distraction.
1: I could see that being more of an issue than the impact of passengers. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, And we there's a lot of airports that have special departure procedures like that, right? You would go down to Burbank or Orange County with the sort of not quite coast, but dethrottling throttling after the sort of uh, you you
2: launch and then you just coast yeah. until you're over the water.
1: Your aircraft carrier departure and then coast until you get out to where you're supposed to be, and then you can actually turn the engines back on. Um, <laughs> sort of situation. I I do get that those are more complicated and require special training and probably make it a little harder to operate from. Uh, but so they get paid the big bucks, right? I would I would love Good to job see- guarantees and steady steady operations. Yeah,
0: I I would actually I'm gonna try and find the Sid. I'm try, I'm looking for it now. I haven't I haven't seen it. I haven't I can't find it. I don't know. if It's not been released or what. I was actually gonna look because um, yeah, here they are. Oh, it's not in there yet. Okay, I'll look for it's it, it and maybe I'm, I'll follow it up on the next show. Um, but yeah, I was just gonna see because you know uh, Hendrix saying the Sid is okay. Um, it's due to their turning right before 3,000 feet. I still, it's kind of weird. I mean. It's turning below, I mean, there's totally a lot true. of airports. Look, the IEH departure off the right runway heading south makes it an immediate right turn because there's it has to be traffic separation. So, and that's well below 3,000 feet. That's at sea level. It's make, it's basically making the turn as it lifts off. Let's um, not be a little so dramatic. You get like <laughs> American air, Airlines
1: yeah. scraping that wingtip against the runway and taking out some signage. It's not yeah. that low. Oh,
0: and Hendrick says, based on their experience with Schoenfeld, 60% of the departures will take off to the West.
1: So it really, really doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, until they start complaining about arrivals. And then they'll want them to make an S-curve,
1: because that's safe.
0: Maybe they'll put a checkerboard. (laughs) Bring them straight in and hard left. Um, Yeah, I think we've, we've killed Brandenburg topics very well in this show. Uh, and this one I can declare is dead.
2: So is Te- Tegel officially closed at this point?
0: Uh, operations. there's no operations. Yeah, I mean they had done, they had closed it kind of back when COVID had started. I remember uh, that, but they never officially closed
2: it. They were suspending operations. I think there's still planes parked there. Okay, so the answer to that is no. It's not officially closed yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, special dispensation to get out, but a mixed field, perhaps. Yeah. Exactly. I wonder, you know, that
0: is one question that really hasn't been answered. I mean, I, I think people are saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to close uh Tegel when uh, uh Tegel's it's still open." open. Right. Uh but but what are they going to do as Brandenburg opens back up or opens up? Um what are private pilots and private aviation going to do because Tegel is much more convenient to uh central Berlin than Brandenburg. And and for convenience sake you probably want to fly into Tegel. I would agree. So
2: I mean it's Tegle's great when you wake up an hour and fifteen minutes before your flight in your I hotel have, in
0: Berkeley. <laughs> I have no comment. <laughs> I've done it too, so it's okay. I I made it. I made it. So I made it as well. <laughs> <laughs> um so we have a, another uh question from Brian uh talking about the seven eighty seven issues. Um, we can cover this kind of quickly if you guys want. Um, what are you guys yeah. thinking about what's going so to happen here? I don't, separate, I don't have the two whole separate, question.
1: Yeah. There's two separate sets of challenges right now. One is, uh, the report that air current, uh, came up with, uh, I guess last, last Friday or last Friday, um, basically bringing to the attention that there was an issue. There's two different issues in the tail section. Um, one is the, like the carbon fiber in skin interior isn't smooth enough. And hmm. then the second one is that they normally like it's never a perfect fit, and they use this sort of like digital scanning technology to generate shim cutouts to put the compo- the fuselage sections together. And either one of those issues, and like and the whatever the shims weren't right either. And so either one of those issues wasn't a huge deal, but apparently combining both of them together uh, changes the structural integrity of the aft portion of the airplane, uh, and it's right as where the pressure bulkhead sits. So that means that when pressurized and in service, uh, the aircraft potentially can't withstand the necessary level of stress that it is certified to. Hmm. Again, with the airplanes are over-certified and you know blah, 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 but... Uh, they grounded eight airplanes very quickly when they discovered this. Um, and there haven't been any new deliveries since this came to light. And there's not a ton of deliveries each month, but there's supposed to be a few. Uh, there was a couple of American 787s uh, that were sort of pending delivery and all of a sudden now aren't being delivered while they try to figure out if this is still an issue. So that's one of the things. And then the second issue that came to light, I think today or yesterday, was there's a issue with, uh, tail components, fins of some sort, that came up uh, literally just came to light, and now they're still trying to figure out if those are actually going to be a bigger issue and we're, you know, the FAA is deciding what if what if any emergency airworthiness directives it's going to issue, but at least for now because Boeing forced the known affected planes to the, uh, be grounded, um, it seems to not be a huge issue, but it's a pretty big issue.
2: How do you find that first
1: issue? Someone was reviewing old day like doing the QA on the data, and was like, "Hey guys, this doesn't look right." Hmm. Right? Why do you look at it months later instead of before you deliver the airplane? I'm not sure, but good on them for at least going back and checking. Eventually, maybe someone noticed something. Maybe like you know, a couple boxes of PPE slid behind the bulkhead that weren't <laughs> supposed to be there. I don't know,
2: unless there's a change in manufacturing, right? That started with those eight airplanes. But yeah. like, we'll never know, really. But it's yeah,
1: fascinating. The truth, the, truth, the truth eventually comes out, usually. Maybe years. Will,
0: I'm wondering, like, uh, I mean, it's interesting that they have to manufacture a shim to fill space. It's um, not a
1: perfect fit. Not a, I mean, but that's I mean that's kind of, but that's
0: kinda of how they sold the seven eighty seven, right? Back when they were selling the marketing yeah. around, oh we're we're manufacturing all this, it's gonna to fit together like a perfect puzzle, all that. And now you're like, Yeah, no, we just it's like a nineteen seventies R V, you just shove a shim in there and wait, it works. Wait, wait a
2: minute. Okay. <laughs> we're we're gonna do all these fancy pieces, but we're gonna have all these different companies assemble them.
0: Yeah. No, think- no room for error there. No, no,
2: none whatsoever. <laughs> it'll all line up, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, we'll put a shim
0: in. <laughs> All ball bearings these days. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy.
1: I, I just got the shed. There was a lot of shimming involved, but that's probably different. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think I think everyone who does any kind of home repair is putting a shim in at some point. But I, the seven eighty seven that I'm flying on at forty one thousand feet, I don't. I feel like a shim is just like it's like a band aid. Like yeah, it's it's like speed tape. I was gonna say speed tape. Yeah. <laughs> and we all and we all know how how uh you know that's that really gives you a lot of confidence in your flight when you look out and see the guy out there on the on the wing putting some speed tape up.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, better than the three eighty that's flying around without a cowling. That picture was circulating on Twitter. Um, was that
0: today. a seven? Was that an A three eighty? I thought it was a seven forty seven at first.
1: Four? I couldn't, I I couldn't tell. To... Yeah, it's four. Yeah, it's and I think it it's a three forty. So yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. The one interesting thing I'll say is like some of this comes back to the idea of how much, uh, you know, is Charleston a problem and, you know, moving production that, right, that's all up for debate now, too. This was the tail stuff, uh, the fuselage parts of this uh, were from pieces manufactured in Charleston, but not the foul, which historically Mm -hmm. was the Charleston foul that was, you know, the the cause or the source of those issues that New York Times and a bunch of other people were reporting and, you know. Caused no no shortage of troubles for Boeing. Um, The tail fin stuff uh, is out of Salt Lake, I think. So sounds like there's just problems.
0: Yeah, and Um, not enough and not enough QA before it gets installed on the plane or something like that. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I mean, are they so? You know, they've taken these frames, these specific frames out of service. Are there any potential other frames that are going to come out that we know of? Or is that just kind of we won't know until they start telling the airlines, hey, that that this plane needs to be
1: removed? Yeah. I, I, I think they definitely have acknowledged that other aircraft have one of the issues, okay, but not both at the same time. And I think it was the combination of both at the same time that really made it a problem.
2: Okay, Do we know which frames have been pulled out?
1: It probably wouldn't be that hard to find out, but I haven't gone looking yet.
2: Well, it'd be interesting if they were Seattle or um Charleston Plains.
1: I, again, I think it was a mix. I don't think they were tied to one foul.
0: Hmm. Wow!
1: So,
0: oh man, any news on the Max?
1: The uh... what? The what? <laughs> the what? <Yeah. laughs> So the uh, EASA is doing its test flights this week, I think, right? Transport Canada did theirs last week out of Vancouver slash Seattle.
0: And everything's going well? Uh, good news? Bad news? No one said anything?
1: The planes haven't crashed during the test flights.
0: <laughs>
1: Bonus? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to call that good news. I'm, I'm Check. <laughs> I'm a bottom line kind of guy here. Is everybody still alive? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, except for the other you know, 346 uh, from the other two crashes, but that's current. You know, new new numbers. Since everybody's still alive.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think I. I mean, I've seen a few up and flying up here around Moses Lake um, recently, and so I'm yeah. guessing they're just they're just stretching their wings and getting them out, testing the engines, getting the engines back up and running and stuff again.
1: But were these ones that were previously parked, or
0: I, th- I think they were parked ones for. I don't remember. It might have been Southwest, but they brought him up. They brought him up from somewhere.
1: Um, would maybe have brought him out of Victorville. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think it was out of Victorville, and uh, they were flying him around for a couple of days. So
1: yeah, I, uh, Southwest has been pretty clear that they want them the maxes as soon as they can get them. So yeah, even in current times.
0: Interesting. Um, uh, I think that's pretty much the show, guys. I have a, a article about. Turbulence, but I don't. I don't think there's anything for us to talk about. There's just some new science around turbulence, and how Is it turbulence still bumpy? Works. Still bumpy. Okay, yeah. that's good. I like that. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a show. Any, anything else you guys want to talk about? For me, F- Foss, I want to know how often you flew Ted. Honestly, to where you there's, felt like. I have, a, a I've,
1: I have actually been on a Ted airplane with Foz. Oh. Uh. Is this the Spokane Fair? Uh, No, this was Orange County to Oklahoma City. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Do you remember that? that? Yeah. Dinner at Chili's, if I remember correctly, in Oklahoma City. Oh, you
0: big spenders.
1: Which I can't (laughs) believe I remember that aspect of it, but that tells you how awful it was. Um, I don't
2: remember that. I remember now that you're saying it, but I did not remember that beforehand. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah, it happened. I'm sorry. Uh, I believe that was Ted from Denver to Oklahoma City, if I remember correctly. And it wasn't supposed to be. It was a last-minute swap. And there was also, but Stephen mentions also the Spokane Fairs. I want to say we had one of, somehow we were connecting in Portland. And I don't know if that was a Spokane Fair or still on this Oklahoma City to Orange County. um, Because I remember going into the uh, United Club with you in Spokane, or in Portland. Portland, We did Spokane, and, demanding the, and demanding the appropriate compensation yeah, of, like, did, CR1s for having been downgraded on our A-fairs.
2: Because we did Spokane, Seattle, Portland. Denver? Denver. I probably thought you guys were psychos.
0: <laughs> that wouldn't be the first it not time. Be incur-
1: it would not be an accurate <laughs> observation. But-, but,
0: but, but really, Fuzz, like, how much have you flown, Ted, to where you thought it was appropriate to buy a shirt so, so
2: <laughs> in my defense, I bought the shirt after Ted became defunct. Okay, okay.
1: Simply so it's not be- because you're a fan; it's because no. you're paying like homage. I,
2: exactly. It was more of an homage. It was after they went to. It was actually post merger where United was getting rid of all their old branded stuff at the United shop. It was like three dollars.
0: Oh, okay, but okay. like, for
2: three dollars, I will buy a Ted shirt cause why post- don't
0: you wear it more often then? <laughs> I don't know. like. I, I'm seriously disappointed. We all haven't shown up in some kind of air, air you know, airline garb uh, of some sort. I was, I was an airline
1: shirt.
2: It is or an aviation-related
1: like shirt. This is Rune yeah. happy uh, pre-merger. But, also,
2: I was c- torn between this or the Northwest 787 hat today.
0: Oh yeah, I like this. This is good. Um, did Ted have first class? No. <laughs> that
1: was <laughs> the problem. We bought a and we got stuck in row one in shit seats. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Five I, seven I don't, years uh, on a 735, I'm guessing. No, A320s only, 320s, 320s only. I didn't know that. Okay, all right. Yeah, I think I've only flown Ted maybe one time. You're not missing anything, yeah. So I didn't fly Delta Song either. I have never flown Song, yeah. Uh, we'll never have the chance now so. or Metrojet. <laughs> Metrojet, <laughs> all right, guys. To our listeners, Uh, thanks for for listening. Thanks for following along. Thanks for coming to this live show. We'll again announce uh, the next time we do one. Uh, Just a little teaser for next episode. Uh, We are having Mr. Cranky Flyer himself, Brett Snyder, uh, joining us to talk a little bit about corporate travel and kind of what COVID is doing in that world. Um, So, yeah, if you want to listen next week, uh, tune in. Uh, But thanks for listening and uh, happy travels eventually.
1: I guess we really got to have bread on now that you've said that. Shit. <laughs> uh, he's
0: already accepted. Yeah. We to schedule it. You guys got to give me your calendar.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Take care. Right. Take care. Good night.